forever. Dog. Warning. The following podcast may contain a miserable Scott Glenn, fireproof buildings anointed by the Lord, and people literally breathing jazz. This podcast may seem harmless, but don't let it seduce you. It's Backdraft on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, a show about theme parks where we're excited to discuss all the times that the Universal Backlot was supposed to be on fire. <laughs> I'm Scott Carter, joined by Jason Sheridan and Mike Carlson. Hey, fellas. Yeah, hello. Hi. I'm Mike Carlson. Yeah, there is a rich history of fires at the yeah. Universal Backlot. This yes. one also has... Uh... A time it wasn't supposed to be on fire. Yes, too. within the attraction where there's a fire inside of a soundstage, the outside of the soundstage was also set on fire. Uh, unrelatedly, I don't know, I, but I black believe smoke it was um, uh, a the... uh, blowtorch, just a worker. Then they were. Started that's what I'm thinking. They were working on torch? it during the day. During the day, during business hours. In, while, yeah. Was it a test run for the fake fire that happened later that destroyed the King Kong part <laughs> like of the tram 20 tour? Twenty years later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been. Was it that late? No, it wasn't that late. It's 1992. Uh, this accidental this opened fire. In, happened. This opened in 92, and the fire was in the first couple months. Yes, it was also in 92, and then the uh, the, oh. the fake New York fire was 2008. There was a yeah. different. There was. I was watching. I can't remember it's like yester land yester world one of those yeah. and there's another incident where not the movie where the beatles music disappears no that's a different that's yesterday <laughs> and that's not the bruce springsteen musical one oh, yeah i didn't know about that one. which we saw before when we saw aladdin um uh no it's not that it's uh it's one of those youtube videos where they recount what happened in a defunct attraction ah. Uh, and there was an incident where the fire sprinklers were set off, drenching uh, the people that were watching Backdraft because the ride oh. itself got like too flamey. It like flared up and it oh, set yeah. off the sprinkler system, like dousing people, I think, in like chemicals and water. No. Both. Oh, and they sure. had to change their clothes. They had to go to the <laughs> yeah. hotel. They had to like they, they offered they got, all got free whatever shirt thing one and thing two shirts. And then they got marched in the hotel to take a shower and back out. Yeah. So I think oh I was God. confusing it with that because that was, I don't think, too long ago. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. But but oh, but I, I bring this up partially because have you guys been following the, that the 2008 Universal Fire has been back in the news this week? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. This is fascinating. It's like this is uh, it, it suddenly is a story again. And we picked Backdraft pretty randomly as a topic. But this actually fire in the universe a lot. Extremely relevant right now. And if, if, if you at home don't know this, an incredible article from the New York Times magazine about the 2008 fire that at the big headline at the time was that the fire destroyed King Kong. Uh, the, the original experience on the tram and the amazing animatronic that mm -hmm. I got to yell at every day for uh, one of the best summers of my life. Uh, they, you know, that was the big thing about it, and it destroyed some of the backlot sets and everything. Uh, and then there was also the element that 
it destroyed a little bit of the video vault. Yes. Um, and which I remember when I was training to be a tour guide, they pointed out that building and they said, this is one of the things you can never mention on the tour. You cannot bring up that that building is the video vault. We will tell you that, but there's very precious hmm. stuff in there and we need to make sure nobody knows where that is. Then it caught on fire <laughs> two years later. Mm. Uh, and they tried to, they, they addressed that at the time and they said, well, everything was backed up and don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, we think, we think maybe we lost, uh, we thought that we lost like the original print of what dreams may come. I was going to say what <laughs> dreams may come you is the that? one that they, yes, that was the one I remember that they were trying to track down the master of. Yeah. We, we might've lost what dreams may come. It went to heaven like the movie <laughs> yeah. itself, but no, we tracked it down in Europe. It's fine. Okay. So films, film situations fine. Oh yeah. Oh, and by the way, we might've lost a little bit of music, but we're not really worried about it. Just like a couple obscure, uh, that was all that remained of that. And then in the last couple of weeks, mega expose where that basically is that um, all of the master recordings for, you know, all of the music ever yes. <laughs> was destroyed. It is wow. so bonkers. And have you guys read the article? I, haven't. That's, I didn't know the extent of it. It's shocking. I mean, as a result of media consolidation over decades, the Universal Me uh, Music Group is massive. Yeah. And there there was all of this this clan, like Buddy Holly Masters. Um, is it Louis Armstrong? Was yes. He in there? Anyone yes. you can think of. <laughs> Jeez. And then other older stuff of like record labels people don't even remember anymore. The, the stuff where it's like this could be the only copy might just be gone now. And right. yeah, entire labels, forever. chess, and I believe Decca. Yeah. Uh, Impulse. What was Impulse Records? Who cares? Just throw it in a warehouse. So that's most of John Coltrane's masters. Wow. Uh, it's oh, and who else was on Impulse? So you know, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Dizzy, Lega, Dizzy Gillespie, Sonny Rollins, Pharaoh uh, Sanders, Charles Mingus, uh, and then that's just like. It's, the list is so overwhelming that if you just like stop and meditate on any individual one of them, like uh, Rock Around the Clock was destroyed. You, there can never be a true remaster of Rock Around the Clock. At last is gone. Jeez. Uh, Louie oh. Louie is wow. gone. Things, these like fundamental touchstones in of, popular of, music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then if you keep going down the list to like more recent stuff you first you got blues to deal with it's john lee hooker and buddy buddy guy and howlin wolf and then you keep going through like quincy jones four tops burt Bacharach, mamas and the papas joni mitchell al green uh uh steely dan and that is oh. the unkindest cut of all That's now your most gone. favorite of all the people you've, you listed you've gone too far <laughs> fire uh um, all steely dan not all of steely dan and this actually comes up in the article and i don't want to just recap this or the article in the in the podcast but I encourage everybody to look it up because it's even if you're just there's, you know, if you're a little interested in the theme park of it or the music of it, it's a it, or just if you like government cover cover ups and conspiracies, mm -hmm. this isn't government. But if you like crazy conspiracies, uh, uh, it's it's so insane. Steely Dan comes up uh, specifically in the story because, OK, so uh, the fire happens 
and they downplay it. And they even there's a guy who they make fall on his sword and say, hey, can you just give me the names of like two obscure artists who might have had their masters in the fire? And they're able to say like, oh, so and so, you know, uh, the, you know, this guy's uh, uh, this organist. All his music's gone. Nothing else important. They hiding the fact that this is all like fundamental American culture that Jeez. got destroyed. Um, and nobody was really asking questions. And then Irving Azoff started asking around who was at the in the 70s was like a manager and agent or something now is one of the most powerful people in the industry via Ticketmaster and all this stuff oh, he yeah. started asking was were, was this set of steely dan masters destroyed and they panicked and let's try to find it and luckily they found it in a warehouse in uh pennsylvania it was somewhere else don't worry irving it's all fine but guess what that wasn't all of it there are steely dan there's steely dan songs that can never be heard again which is infuriating to me because there's like demos that are on hissy tape that are still Ooh. fantastic do, and they'll never be like done properly do we i two th- quick thoughts do yes. we know what steely dan songs were destroyed and was my old school destroyed my favorite <laughs> steely dan song oh oh uh i don't know actually okay. and there's maybe no way of knowing uh uh can't can't vouch for my old school um you know what though i think Here's an interesting component of all this. You you start to ask what why are masters important beyond you know making better mixes of albums and music uh, engineering and stuff can be kind of esoteric to me. I can't tell the difference between the mono and the stereo, mm-hmm. but. There's all these bizarre uses of masters you might never think of, like with the Beatles, if they want to make a Cirque du Soleil show and remix all the stuff or rock band. And I believe my old school was on rock band. I think you could buy that. And in order to make rock band happen, they had to separate out all of the stems. So that makes me think that my old school is safe. safe. (laughs) Yes. But there is a really hissy. It's only available in horrible quality on YouTube. It's a song called The Bear that I love. And there'll probably never be a good version of the bear by steely dan fuck all this but and also and then another one uh, uh chris novicellic himself says he's fairly certain nirvana never mind the master recordings are gone oh my and god have been gone since 2008 and that's not even the, it's like so this thing goes like the list is so insane it goes on tom petty this tom petty yeah. it's gone forever Oof. uh, uh rem that's we rough yeah yeah it's, it's so bonkers it, it is crazy i mean a couple things to think about one these uh uh warehouses are just that they are warehouses even if you have the best climate control and fireproofing mm-hmm. um and they as we learned today because, and they didn't because well they did have climate control and they made everything very cold the exact temperature for sure. old film to be stored at sure. which is too cold for music so some yeah. of this music already was like cracking apart oh, like yeah. the tapes were breaking Jeez. so it was already shit and then it all caught on fire it, it's already shit it's one it's staffed by humans sometimes it's just staffed by a guy or two mm-hmm. um usually sometimes it's staffed by a dog <laughs> <laughs> you said staffed by humans uh yeah, so yeah. sometimes it's a but dog maybe a they might have just had a big hound <laughs> like walking be. around this big an, warehouse an old like 15 year old hound with like a security hat on top in the barrel for what the saint bernard barrel if in somebody, case somebody gets if, falls and needs whiskey i, <laughs> I mean i i worked like at a post house for many years with massive vaults of like dailies and stuff like mm-hmm. and masters i i one project i worked on was the blu-ray rest restoration of star trek the next generation and i had the camera masters i just had a room 
filled with film oh canisters. Oh my god, did you get fudge all over the of, Star Trek The Next Generation Masters? all over them. <laughs> I got Trader Joe's yogurt all over them. How come in most episodes, like this big like brown gas like filled, that seemed like they went to that plot yeah, almost there was every episode. A fudge gas monster on every new episode, newly mastered episode of TNG. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so I usually understaffed, sometimes often underpaid and mm-hmm. a lot of times that they'll just like cut costs or i mean stuff disappears forever like i i just the other day watched um the other side of the wind the orson wells this last movie that they finally uh finished that they finally and that film was scattered all over the france and america like the masters were scattered everywhere uh frank marshall uh hollywood power player helped finish it he was one of his first jobs was a production manager and he's even on camera in the movie margaritaville power player uh margaritaville jimmy buffett's best friend jimmy buffett's best friend always on tour with jimmy for what (laughs) his wife is uh heading up lucasfilm he's off hanging out hanging drinking a margarita out. and watching the same set list every night but it's great honestly it sounds Brown like a great girl life. only gets better yeah with with hey you know the the steel drums you put on the brown eyed girl in the night sounded great jimmy <laughs> hell yeah they did and then that's like his every night essentially for sure him. Probably fist bump, hug it out. Yeah, hug it mm-hmm. out. They're good pals. Uh, yeah. So that, the, but that that was able. They were able to piece that all together with what he Orson had already edited and script notes to cut it together as a miracle. Because like the ending to the Magnificent An- uh, Ambersons was just thrown in a furnace. Like Howard Hughes <laughs> was just like the actual like the his ideal end. They recut it. And it got taken away from Wells. Um, but like there's people always think like maybe one day, maybe one day we'll find it. The canister is a film in a vault, but it's also possible that died in a fire or Howard Hughes was just like, no, oh, throw it out. Just burn it. <laughs> um, right, right. Uh, uh, or I come at it from the Beach Boys angle where like Brian Wilson wanted to like not, you know, he tried to destroy the smile tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he came around on it eventually. And thank God they weren't all destroyed or yeah. uh, sure. we couldn't have pieced together do, this great musical artifact. Do we know? Are the Prince archives anywhere near an amusement park? That's my <laughs> biggest concern. Uh, I mean, they're the only they're like probably 40 miles away from the Mall of America into indoor amusement well, they, parks. So it'd have to be a really epic fire to make it all the way to Chantusen or whatever the town is where. Uh, well, they were they've been moved. I've I've heard. They've been all moved to Los Angeles. Uh-oh. That's my understanding. No, is the no. whole archives now somewhere in a climate controlled place in Los Angeles climate for them control to is good. Okay. But is it you it's know, not the lot, is it? It's I don't not know. next to Earthquake. I, I don't know. It might be the lot. It might be in Buena Park next to Knott's Berry Farm. I don't know where <laughs> it could be, but hopefully it's not near a theme park. That's my concern. No, no. I, I oh, know. God. It's next to, uh, it's, it's, it's right a... next to the Flash Flood. And at some point, <laughs> it's like, it's right, it's it's in old Mexico. And the, at some point, that facade's going to crack. The um, <laughs> the seaplane from Waterworld is going to fly right into <laughs> It's just balsa wood, but... 
<laughs> Who would ever suspect that all the Prince Masters would be under the tank where they perform Waterworld every day? No that's one what, will find them there. That's what the Mariner is trying to protect. That's what the Deacon is trying to get at. He doesn't care about dry land. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Precious Prince He just Masters. wants the DV tapes of the uh, documentary Kevin Smith shot hours and hours of like following <laughs> Prince around. Rambling about spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I have the answer to the question, where are the Prince archives? They're okay. Iron Mountain. Well, Iron Mountain came up in this story. Which Iron is, Mountain's yeah. presented as like an important alternative and that it is, uh, I, which is so crazy, it, race but, to Iron Mountain. But, you know, <laughs> Iron Mountain also... Uh, it's not Iron City, though, which is good. Uh, <laughs> so we can't use those coins we got when we won yeah. the, the Alita experience? It to, would be better if the tapes were in Salem. We're up in the sky in Salem. Um, <laughs> Iron Mountain is also a destroying company, like a shredding right. and like hard what? drive destroying there, company. There is they do I both. There is an Iron Mountain literally across the 101 from Universal City Walk. No, no, I don't no. know which Iron Mountain Prince's they're, archives they're are at. They're everywhere. Like big so office buildings use one. Iron Mountain. So what if there's a flood of those aqua spas in the Zen zone? <laughs> All that like chemical water Very starts possible. rushing down the hill. Yeah, or or uh, say someone's in the eye fly and they get shot out the top and then they go flying into the archives and they just destroy all of it with their dead, lifeless body. That would be a nightmare. Crash through yeah. the ray. Yeah, at that point, they're going 120 miles right. per hour with such force Wipe. that, yeah, the uh, the original all of parade uh, cracks in half. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, you know, Prince's, Prince, there's a quote about Prince in this article. It's our quote from Prince in this article. Which is, if you don't own your masters, your master owns you. Mm -hmm. All of that shit the prince was so so crazy about and writing slave on his face and changing his name and everything. This is the kind of thing he was fighting about. Yeah. This is exactly what it what like. Uh, he was smart enough to realize that. And then it all got put in a vault at Paisley mm -hmm. Park. And now we're all getting to experience it newly remastered. He, thanks to Prince being aware that this could be a problem. He could have left a little bit of a clearer will. Um, but other sure. than that, I think a lot of people accused him of being kind of kooky in the 90s. Mm -hmm. But I think on a lot of this stuff, he's 100% right. Artists' rights, owning your masters, not Wanting the... to put out albums all the time. Right. You like, can... no, only, please, Prince, only put out one, like, 10 songs every three years. That's what the label wanted. Right. So, they, yeah. So, I think that in hindsight, a lot of the things he was uh, championing were correct. Yeah. And the only thing he got wrong is that he thought he would live to be 120 years old. Right. And didn't and, have to make mm, a will. But he also also uh, didn't celebrate his birthday because he didn't believe in birthdays. Oh, so, so he I don't didn't even right. he didn't even know how old he was. So when he, how did, old he, he thought he was thirty six. When he <laughs> yeah, he thought he was thirty six <laughs> eternally, something like that. I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, I uh, the, the the theme parks do factor into this story also because there's there's one guy who essentially has been whistleblowing this whole thing and who expressed his concern in 1990 when the plan was to put all of this in a warehouse on the Universal lot. Mm -hmm. His concerns proved to be correct when later in 1990 there was a fire purposefully set by a disgruntled security guard wow. that burnt down lots of things very close to this vault. And then another fire in 1997 and besides all of the fires he points out in the article the King Kong ride had explosions all day every day <laughs> flames shooting up right next door to the vault right it's important to note that film making technology has never figured out a way to perfect lighting 
other than very hot lights on top of very flimsy poles. Mm. <laughs> that smoke that like that smoke. Yeah, you've all we've all been on sets where we've just all, something starts smoking and then nobody's yeah. actually that alarmed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fine. That happens. Or like mm. the gel is too close to the light bulb, like gel oh. or blackout stuff, like flammable material that you put right next to the light. Or we've mm. almost been like hit in the head with a falling light. Many times, like that always oh, happens. Yes. Uh, yeah, the light yeah. is about to fall on you or someone. So, like, yeah, if it falls over and cracks, like, yeah, the fire quickly spreads. It's all pretty flimsy for sure. And mm. also, do you guys know how that? Well, if I don't know, you might not believe me, but I don't know if you know how the fire real supposedly started in 2008, which is that there was oh, a guy oh. repairing the roof. And that gets hot enough to start a fire. So they keep somebody watching it for an hour, which they did. And then the people went on break at four in the morning. And mm. then it caught on fire 35 minutes later. Yes. It was still hot enough to start a fire, even though it had been cooling for an hour and a half. They watched it for like the exact amount of time. Like when they you jump a battery in a car and they're like, drive it for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They turn the car that... off at 30 minutes even. Mm-hmm. That feels like a perfect alibi, though. It gets the, worker, oh, yeah. the workers off the hook sure and then it's no problem i there's nothing will ever convince me that it was not set on purpose because of the fact of the new king kong that got mm-hmm. put in that's the most suspicious thing i mean it was still because months later. it was so you you feel that it was so close to that they had the new peter jackson king kong so ready to go yeah <laughs> they i mean they waited a, like maybe a year or something to, to announce it officially but mm-hmm. they had it ready to go they had to deal with him like in place I don't like if what other part of the tram. I don't know. I guess they could have updated anything that got destroyed by a fire. But mm-hmm. it seems very convenient to me that they were just like, yeah, we'll put the new King Kong. You know, that thing that we've made a deal about already. <laughs> like, let's let's just do that. Huh? Uh, it was a recent release of theirs and uh, they didn't own. It was a King Kong was a license before, I think. Right. It um, just seems it seems very convenient is all I'm let saying. Let me ask you guys, uh, how quickly after the fire did you go to Universal? Very quickly. Because I was there uh, the next day. The fire was on a <laughs> Sunday. Uh, I was there on Monday doing uh, runs because a production company uh, I was working for at the time had a bungalow and then one of those little temporary kind of office trailers next to the smoldering wreckage. I was looking at like E.T. hazmat suit guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorting through flaming wreckage. I was and on the... Everyone just had the windows open and fans going like, oh, the smell is terrible. And I'm like, what are we breathing in? How are you doing accounting here? Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here as quick as I can. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was there the, that day. Yeah. I went because I wasn't supposed to work that day, but I was still on the schedule as a tour guide. And I somebody called me and said, put on the news. And I said, which channel? He said, any channel. Put yeah. it on. Uh-huh. Raging Fire Horrible. I, I drove down as quick as I could. I came running to the fire. I uh, The ghoul that I am. <laughs> and I watched it from the balcony where there was an unbelievable view. Uh-huh. But now I'm adding up that I was... From there, breathing up a lot of toxic fumes, and I now realize that I breathed Etta James at last. <laughs> Etta J- at last mm-hmm. went through my lungs, and I am going to die of cancer because Etta, because Etta James at last was in my body. Mm-hmm. They'll be doing some sort of scan, and they'll be like little vibrate, like they'll be able to hear it a little bit in the machines. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
He's gone, but there's a lovely tune being played. <laughs> the last remnant of the song left with Scott's soul. Yeah. Uh, that What year was it? 2008. 2008. Oh, it was 2008. So yeah. I, was a, I was a PA nearby Warner Brothers at the ranch, and I remember seeing it. I'm pretty sure from, I think, what was it a weekday? Yeah, I could see the smoke. Was it a weekday? I think I saw it. Sunday, I think. There were a lot of fires that year, I think, too. So I'm trying to remember if that was one of the fires I saw from there. But I could have easily seen it because it was so close there. Yeah, yeah. But then we went very quickly to on the tram tour. Anyway. Absolutely insane. I highly recommend this article, uh, which describes the the incident as the biggest disaster in the history of the music business. Universal Music Group is going to get sued into the ground now. Sued by states and management houses and record label like mm-hmm. sued out the eyes yeah and, and apparently there were uh, there were three artists uh, Joni Mitchell Sting and Peter Frampton who all put in the request to have their the masters enough time had passed and legally the masters could revert back to them and they could have them physically now and due to bureaucracy and red tape oh. they never got it oh they, those three can fuck universal up wow yes, because that is that is an insane problem when a client wants uh masters dailies that sort of stuff back then the company has to go through catalog everything in the system Print it out, start giving that out, and then you have to find it all in the physical facility, box it up, catalog it again to make sure you got it, and then send it at, like... It's insane. That's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know the wins and outs of a post. And I, there was tons of this stuff that just wasn't labeled. Nobody knew where it was no, if they wanted not. to start Ooh, if looking people, for it. If stuff is coming right from a recording studio or coming right from set, people are writing in like grease pencil or like <laughs> scratchy notes and just shoving it in a box Man. and sending it to the lot. Barely remembering to yeah. say what the hell it even was. So this thing is this this thing is so insane. And if I could tie everything together to really add insult to injury, the, the biggest revelation of the article has to be that in every uh, show of backdraft, the initial fire was sparked by a rare blues master. Every single <laughs> time the backdraft ran, mm-hmm. you know, 30 times a day, they burnt through the entire Howlin' Wolf catalog on a single Labor Day in 1983. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's, it's hateful. <laughs> So, Man, um, that is not rough. Really, let's not let's learn from mistakes of the past. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, in in 2008, the back like the purposeful fires of backdraft uh-huh. still raging, still going not strong. very far away from no, down on the lower lot. If you uh, aren't super familiar with Universal Studios or its history, it's where the uh, Transformers ride is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Backdraft. Backdraft. I saw a clip of an old commercial that was promoting, like, if you haven't been to Universal in a while, come check this out. And it was guys in prison. Like, <laughs> it was like, hey, you got, I bet you haven't been to Universal in a while. And they're like, no, I've been busy. And it's like, you got to come check out Backdraft and E.T., and I think, um, did the tram tour also briefly load from the lower lot for a while? Do you remember that? It did before, okay. um, before Jurassic Park. It did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was all done. So, there. so that was all sort of what they and were Lucia plugging. Tributes, guys. Oh, and yeah, Lucia yeah. Tribute. Lower lot has to be, this was the new land of its time before Galaxy's Edge. All of, all of that Man. in one place. Oh my God. The Starway. <laughs> yes. And the Starway. A miraculous theme park invention of, uh, three or four escalators, uh, in a row. <laughs> it feels like eight escalators it feels but it's, it's not a lot it's like crazy four is it four um, down i think it's more than five maybe, maybe five, five? uh well we'll find that out that'll be one of the pieces of info in the eventual starway 
mm-hmm. episode. But if like, that, I mean, that's how a perfect many, uh, second how many gate to me. Full things do you have to travel? Is it four? <laughs> one, two, three, four. I, it's that sounds right. I mean, the first yeah. this first one is like an overlook, like. Right. Universal Studios Hollywood has to do a little more of the L.A. like the magic of the movie sort of like because mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's in a scenic spot. So there's a spot just for pictures. Did oh, the, it's, wait, it's four. Wait, and only recently is it four. That's interesting. What do you what was it? They what? only added a. F- oh no, I'm sorry. They added a fourth row. I'm talking uh, horizontal. Uh, yeah, they widened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how many long ways there are. Okay. They never um, try. I wonder if they ever like ex- did the math on like could we build? I guess it wouldn't be a monorail. I th- it would probably be a funicular, like at uh-huh. a, a Grand Budapest Hotel uh, or Angel's, Angel's Flight, Flight in yeah, Los yeah. Angeles. Uh-huh. A funicular goes down like a slanted uh, hill. Well, that's I've always I've wondered will they try to do. Will the the Harry Potter train suddenly become a uh, what's the word funicular? Funicular. funicular? Yeah. I think they can turn it into a funicular. I mean, that would be a very gradual. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be perfect. Why but not? Make it an angel's flight. Sure. It Do we have like an answer? Four. It looks like four from this picture. It's only four. They're so long. They're so, that's why I'm saying it feels like eight, but I think it's like four. Now Is I it? can't stop thinking about a Starway episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just go straight That's, into that from this. Yeah, sure. Well, because if we can find Starway, all the Starway, Father of the Pride, Summer is heating up <laughs> as you hear this. And Lucy, and, Lucy a tribute. Oh, well, oh yeah. That's my white whale. <laughs> Which Haven't I, listened to podcast The Ride in a while? Yeah. Here's what you're missing out on. Starway episode. I think I can see a tribute. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm going to bust out of here. I'm busting out of Sing Sing. We start we start at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in the summer and we end with Lucy, Lucy a tribute. A tribute. <laughs> and our ratings plummet. But my but praise no. from my mother goes skyrocketing. <laughs> She's so happy with that episode. Um <laughs> praise to praise is always high with her as long as you don't swear. Yeah, that's true. That's really what it Yeah, that's on. really what the, the main thing is. Or the, <laughs> something about the Lord. So, <laughs> anyway. uh, Backdraft, uh, a pretty big movie of its time. The the um, number 14 uh, top grossing movies, 1991, made about, in America, made about 78 million. Internationally brought it up to 150 million. So, did pretty good. But, like, they were a little disappointed, it felt like. They were a little they disappointed. They wanted it to be a massive one. Because it one. is, like, Kurt Russell and Ron Howard directing. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's in it and Scott Donald Glenn. Sutherland. Scott, Scott Glenn. Glenn. Oh, Scott Glenn fans out. I mean, uh-huh. it's a weird level of hit. Certainly a hit, but weird that... I wonder if you... I wonder if it, like, what's the actual ratio of, like, least box office success to theme park attraction. Yeah. And, like, long-running... Uh, uh, their le- length of uh, the ride being open. Well, 1991 was a big year for movies. Uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, number oh, yeah. two that year, mm. Beauty and the Beast, Silence of the Lambs, City Slickers, Hook, The Addams Family, Sleeping mm. with the Enemy, Father of the Bride, <laughs> Naked, number 10, Naked Gun, Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear, <laughs> number 10. Wow. In wow. domestic uh, receipts that year. Wow, with Crazy. that guy who's on Twitter now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think the third lead of Naked Gun. Oh, I forget okay. his name, but he yeah. just joined Twitter, and people seem oddly uh, oh, agitated right, right. about I it. I did hear about. That. <laughs> um, I forget who. What, uh, who is, now George is that George Kennedy? You know, he passed away. I forget. I don't know. I'll look it up later. Was, it, it might, was that also Scott Glenn? I think it's it also, was also yeah, Scott Glenn. Yeah. Scott Glenn is on Twitter now. <laughs> Why is everybody so uh, <laughs> twisted up about Scott Glenn's Twitter? 
Um, so, so kind of, it reminded me thinking about this and reading about Backtrack, which I don't think I've ever seen all the way through. I think it's one I've seen bits and pieces of on yeah, cable. I have not not um, seen it. Not seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like that type of movie where they're like, oh, they don't make movies like that anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't make movies for adults anymore. Sure. But well, seems, a lot of what was on your list, I feel that way about. Yes. Those yeah. are all, that's when movies worked and how much of that was original. Um, like, yeah, so not a lot of franchise good, in there. Naked I guess Gun Kate franchise. Fear was a remake. Mm, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Star Trek four. I guess so. Yeah. But JFK, um, Hot Shots. Does it, do you consider JFK based on IP <laughs> in a way? <laughs> the JFK IP. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, for sure. The mental um, real estate of uh, right. assassination. Yeah, but not not an earth shattering hit. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to take down T two. No, Let's no, face no. it. It took no. them a few more years to get those rights to make you know, a ride. Also, something that I feel like di- I didn't see it, and maybe I'm wrong and biased. This doesn't feel like one that was like it like lasted very long. It didn't feel like Apollo 13 or something where I felt like eh, people thought of that movie. I feel like no one thought of this after a few years. Maybe that's totally wrong. Like a match that you ignite and burns out and very quickly? And it goes out very quickly, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Once you're seduced by the flame. Uh yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I, think I think that sounds right. right. I, I think I, it's. I think it looms any any looming that uh, Backdraft has is due to the attraction. Mm-hmm. I would I would think. Um, although now once again, I was we picked this topic pretty randomly a couple of days ago, but strangely, you know, <laughs> hey, there's the there was the fire tie-in that we covered, but also. Um, y'all, y'all know about Backdraft 2, right? Scott, Backdraft I'm so glad two. you brought up Backdraft 2. <laughs> I started. not said it yet, but we all know, learned about Backdraft 2 in the last 24 to 48 hours. I, I, I was almost done my research and I was like, let me just look at the Wikipedia for the movie, not the ride to just, <laughs> just go over it all once again, just to make sure I missed any, I didn't miss anything. And... I opened up another 45 minutes of learning about Backdraft 2. Well, we should say when Backdraft 2 came out. It's Um, a month and a a half ago. ago. (laughs) What in the world? How is it that the day we think of Backdraft, Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's oddly... Surely they didn't get anyone from the original cast back. No, they're all too busy, right? Kurt Russell's, Mm -hmm. he's got plenty to do, and I don't suppose... Wait, I'm sorry, I was wrong. They got William Baldwin and Donald Sutherland to reprise the characters. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Two members of great acting lineages lending their... Valued names to this franchise again. Where uh, uh, where is this? Av- I didn't actually learn this. Where is this available? On, to- uh, it's on Blu-ray, DVD. It's okay. on demand. Mm-hmm. You can get it. And it's Universal produced. Like this isn't someone bought the rights. And like Universal put this out. Billy Baldwin plays his character from the movie, and mm-hmm. the main character is uh, the son of Kurt Russell's. <laughs> Uh, firefighter character who passes away in the first one and there's lots of mention of his wife and son hmm. you know his wife you know i gotta get it's too dangerous being around you oh all I you see. care about us you're too reckless all you care about is fight sean hmm. i think that's the son's name sean okay. i can't have sean around you all the time <laughs> and sean's all grown up and is also an arson investigator <laughs> wow like wow. his father and grandfather because his- kurt russell plays Kurt Russell's character's father in the mo- in the first movie. He it's plays, a multi-generation? It's multi-generational, oh, oh, and yeah. Billy Baldwin is the brother, so the new character's uncle. 
It goes that, and it goes all the way back into time, and eventually that ancestral line fought the first fire ever set by man. Yes, they had to fight the fire, uh, the cow that kicked over the lantern that started. Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Mrs. O'Leary's fucking cow. Backdraft two available on Netflix for streaming right now. Oh boy, oh, so, we got a lot to do. We really should um, watch that. And it's also it's, it's Universal and Imagine. Oh, yeah. As is uh, Kindergarten Cop two, which I unfortunately rented uh, on a lark uh, from a video store not that long ago, and that, discovered that it is a uh, it's a big anti PC uh, tirade. <laughs> it's about it's a, it's a movie where Dolph Lundgren gets to show that he's mad that kids have peanut allergies, and why don't they just like shut the fuck up and get over it? <laughs> Eat the damn peanut butter. Uh, Isn't that what all dads want to say to their children who have a legitimate <laughs> syndrome and yeah, thing they can't uh, to eat. that they uh, did not choose to have? These little wimps, <laughs> these snowflakes, eat the peanut butter. Uh, uh, is there anyone from uh, the original movie in that? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so. Sure. The grown kid. Uh, yeah. The um, famous kids. Yeah. What Any the, of them? What do are, what are the kids even say? Uh I don't know. Kindergarten Cop's not coming to me. Um, I wonder, is, are there more of these weird 90s movies that were like si- kind of hits that all of a sudden are quietly just being sequelized on Netflix? Oh. I mean, there have to there be. There have to be. Yeah, there have to be. This snuck by us. We didn't even know. We wouldn't know if we weren't doing this topic. Yeah. Um, we There's might gotta get be. them a lot of their box office. Right. We Most people are going primarily... to log on to see this now because of us. Mm-hmm. We should get a commission check. So um, the screenwriter of, of the first backdraft, Gregory Wilden. Wilden Name Wilden? checked in yeah. the ride. In the Name Byron checked Hound. in the ride is a former firefighter. Uh, I didn't realize he also wrote Highlander yeah. <laughs> and The Prophecy, the Christopher Walken movie, The Prophecy. Wow. Um, wow. And he wrote the sequel, right? For Backdraft yeah, 2? Yeah. Yes. He did yeah. write the scene. Okay. Uh-huh. There's so much original <laughs> crew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of as close as you could come to a sequel. Yeah. Do you think Ron at least like sent flowers or anything? Or, uh... Ron seems like a nice guy. He seems like he would have, you know, done something, a token of some like, hey, great job. Yeah. A mm-hmm. box of cupcakes or something. Cupcakes. Yeah. yeah maybe. Well, and it's imagined. So he is like. He had to know. Yeah. 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 Check. Yeah. He might have gotten an email. him. <laughs> While he the didn't set of Solo, while he was trying to make Solo work, he was like an email like, we're doing Backdraft 2. Okay, yeah, sure. Fine, fine, Great. Okay. Send. All right. Okay. Back to figuring this out. So, Alden, here's what a mark is. Um, <laughs> 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 it's a terrible way to keep to refer to Star Wars fans who are keeping the faith, Scott. You shouldn't call them marks. Um, <laughs> different uh, marks, different marks. Uh, the refer- original backdraft, uh, music by Hans Zimmer. Mm. Uh, uh, yes. Interesting. Yeah. And one of, an early score of him. Uh, and I, I actually wanted to point out, I have it pulled up on Spotify. I, I didn't realize till rewatching this that this music cue that has loomed in my head, I didn't realize is from Backdraft and, and uh, is used in the ride. And you see, this will like, hopefully seem familiar to you guys, maybe even outside of Backdraft here, really quick. Oop. Yeah. That's you that that's little every <laughs> universal area music's uh yeah. fireworks show like that yeah. is played. Yeah. I remember it from I associated it with I think they used it in in ads for The Lost World. 
Like in my mind, that cue because it's sort it's a still a little haunting to me, and it reminds me of like watching a T Rex run. I think they for used, sure. I think they repurposed it for a lot of other stuff. The the other song like that that gets used, I feel like maybe Disney and Universal is actually I forget what it's called, but it's from Dragon Heart. It's like oh. a very stirring orchestral thing. Yeah, and it's just used everywhere in theme parks it has outlived dragon heart by like decades i think there was a video you could play on the tour that uh that had the yeah that was yeah the, whatever that dragon heart theme is uh it's an interesting genre the like the the music that outlives the movie mm-hmm. yeah uh, it doesn't outlive it because people like this movie but like i know people i know hook is like that score is so well regarded right um, the American, oh, yeah. isn't like the American president. Don't people they feel like they oh, use that all the that's time? Right. Soren maybe is that the American president they use? There's something like some old, some older, not that old, but like movie. I and think then the, the theme Soren from the w- right stuff shows up in a, a yeah, few attractions. Absolutely, mm. right, right. Um, but especially, um, oh, there's a, a website I just saw. They released like some compilation. I think it's like uh, the Epcot Legacy Project put some playlists together that you could stream on their site of the different entry loops for MGM Studios. Ah. And they would switch they would use a lot of classic movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Not all Disney either. Like hmm. uh, uh, a lot of stuff uh, classic movie songs like in this style mixed in. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do they play that Alan Thick uh putting on the Ritz and uh, oh, if um, only <laughs> the masters of that weren't burned up in any fire, were they? Because <laughs> we need to preserve that. <laughs> they, they were, and I did it. Oh no! Sorry, had to that's be done. fine. I'm not actually that upset about it. <laughs> she also know Hans Zimmer uh, was. I didn't know Hans Zimmer was associated with the Buggles and appears no. in the video for video killed the radio star wow really yeah oh, the first music video little known trivia i don't know if anyone's ever said this trivia <laughs> that video killed the radio star is the first music video mm-hmm. ever played on mtv mm-hmm. uh, uh but i do like that song and i he's, I like he's in the sure. video on Zim- on he, Zimmer he, in the first video I ever played he wasn't in the band though uh, I, don't, I mean, he may may have not been an official Buggle. He was Buggle. He was he's a, like Billy Preston in the right. to the Beatles. Right. He yeah. was the fifth Buggle. The fifth Buggle. <laughs> a lot Simmer. of discussion of who's the fifth Beatle, but nobody, <laughs> nobody pays attention about the to the fifth, fifth Buggle, buggle. <laughs> a lot. Um, interesting. Fifth Buggle is you, all mm. the Buggle heads out there. <laughs> Thanks for the one hit. That's. <laughs> um, yeah. So so backdraft. What I else think about backdraft. As a kid, I remember, like, I didn't get to watch uh, R-rated movies as a child. I'm sure I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I was so scared. I don't even think I was, like, felt like I was missing anything until, like, the mid-90s yeah. or whatever. For like, But my friend Luke was, like, a big... I feel like his family watched Backdraft a lot. I feel like he would <laughs> talk about Backdraft. They would watch, like, all these... Uh, everything that was on... Like, they'd watch Empty Nest, and he would be, like, a six or seven-year-old and talking about Empty Nest on TV. And I was like, I don't know. I don't have any context for this at all. Mm. So, like, that was my own... Like, that was only time i'd ever hear about backdraft mm-hmm. when he would talk about watching like the vhs or the taped off of wgn backdraft oh, yeah. that his dad had <laughs> i'll say this i do not i especially as a kid i did not like man versus nature movies because uh-huh. like what do you do you fight, how do you fight, you fight nature? heroes fight it mm-hmm. that's what happens i think a lot of kids entertainment in the late 80s early 90s were like here's how you stop a bad guy 
with a gun, <laughs> like with a zapper, <laughs> or like the Ghostbusters proton pack, or swords, a lot of swords in kids' entertainment. And in as some a kid, cases, I that's think true. I, Most of you stop a ghost. Sure. I, I think as a kid, I was like, well, you can't stop with a gun or a sword. So what do you do if there's like a tidal wave? Like what? How fast can you run or drive away from it? Like, you could try to fire into the. You could try to shoot bullets at the fire and see if that does anything. Yeah. But. Even as I got older, I was like that summer of the the meteor Armageddon Deep Impact. I was like, I'm not seeing. I don't want to see these. Like, I don't. Oh, so even back th- even huh. at that point, you were scared because then I was all in on like this these type mm, of movies. No. I think I saw the TV cut of Dante's Peak where they were like in the boat uh, going across a lake that was melting like someone, and I was. Just like this still sucks like i still hate this did you see independence day i saw that on vhs but see that was a clear enemy that was a clear that was aliens man versus aliens but army is not again 98 or is it 97 98. You know, I was a uh, real good at worrying at all ages, Michael. So, so. Armageddon, really, and that's very interesting to me because at Armageddon at that point, I was still like it's PG thirteen movie you'd go see with a couple friends in the summer. Like it was a big event. Do you have mm-hmm. the same experience or no? I didn't see Armageddon in a group. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it felt like uh, there I was missed a, out. I like that, that would have been a blast. It felt like that was a time like that 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 was in the zone of like VHS summer movies when it came out. Okay, um, but you were too scared. You were freaked out by the Armageddon. I think I was kind of indifferent. I mean, I don't think I was like, oh, right, Ben Affleck and Bruce Will. Like, I don't think I was a super fan of either of them at the Mm -hmm. time. I mean, I don't think I was a super fan of either of them either. I think I was chasing Amy Head at uh, 12. No, no, a few more years before I I entered the view (laughs) of Scooterverse. I like that. This is an interesting, like, existential. you You like if a problem can be solved in a solution. Though, I mean, if you view Deep Impact Armageddon, Armageddon, they do solve the issue. They I, they they do yeah. go plant yeah. bombs and blow it up. I guess maybe Deep that Impact one a little not better. Solved. It's just how do we live in a post asteroid world? Yeah, but like the Rock is bad guys. He <laughs> just he just killed the bad guys. <laughs> okay, Dine, uh, then Jurassic Park. That's a tough one because they uh, Jurassic Park like the the video game like the arcade games. I was like okay let's shoot these dinosaurs <laughs> but the movies they were like very not into killing the dinosaurs because they were trying to protect them but also hmm. run away from them mm-hmm. but um, like did that freak you because i didn't see that's Jurassic man Park. versus animal not man versus nature though okay i see the distinction I feel like did you see that i didn't see that in the theater i that was i, I think not deemed too intense for me at that age uh but then i saw it later on tape and i liked it but i was scared of it but do you consider is Jurassic Park a man problem or a nature problem? Mm. It's a fine line because man created nature that started acting like nature. So where does that fall right. in this uh, this issue man umbrella? Woman inherits mm. the earth. Mm-hmm. Inherits the earth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did see Lost World opening weekend. I remember seeing that. Okay, it was mm-hmm. like we saw it too, and we we goofed on it the whole time. That's one of the first. I was still enjoying it. I was one of still... the first memories I have of like, like just being like, we are, we're funny, and like we're better than this movie. Like we're cool. <laughs> we were down the shore. We were in Jersey, and like rainy at the beach. You're like just so thankful a good movie is out. Sure. 
because you want to be out here like oh shit very like, staring in the distance when you said that <laughs> everything i mean maybe i'm sure it's better now with phones and streaming media and stuff but like at the time it was like oh fuck it's raining out we're not going to the beach most of nature, the boardwalk shuts again, down you nature you can't yeah. shoot at the rain and make it go away no. you <laughs> or, stand, or throw or <laughs> take a sword to it you stand in the rain so. uh while you're waiting to buy what the about, ticket at the one movie theater on a boardwalk so you wouldn't like you didn't like the movie hard rain i don't think i've ever seen that okay <laughs> that's the movie from within Bowfinger, or that's chubby no, that's, that's hard rain chubby is a real rain. it's uh no i know christian uh, slater yeah is that right i think so yeah randy quaid yeah 98 yeah. so right around the same time wow mm. randy quaid and christian slater mm-hmm. were the, the stars, stars of films. and morgan freeman huh oh freeman makes sense. mini mm. driver ed asner Wow. wow. What a yeah. That's our podcast, right? Pick of the week. Pick of the week. <laughs> hard, rain. hard rain. And hard rain two coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Netflix. Hard soon. Um if everyone I, is back. Time. All of them. <laughs> They're all of you. Um if I could say my childhood feelings about uh the elements and mm-hmm. fire specifically uh, I was terrified of fire. I was terrified of this attraction. And mm-hmm. I don't think wrongfully so. Sometimes we bring up things where it's like, you were afraid of that as a kid. This thing was very scary to be in. And I think oh, I yeah. did it pretty, pretty young. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't we, wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. And you, you know, and hey, look what happened. They they did have to like set the sprinklers on people, and the yeah. thing caught on fire. So it was a I feel like a scare. And you know, it was very hot to be in there. But I was like, yeah, my biggest fear as a kid was, uh, uh, you know, anything that mattered to me uh, uh, burning up. And I expressed my fears to my parents once that like, what if the house uh, uh, burns down or catches on fire? And they explained to me what would happen if that happened, which is that they. When they moved into the house, they had a priest priest bless the house, so therefore it could not catch on fire. This was told to me at eight, eight or so years Whoa. old. I mean, I guess <laughs> you guys are acting as if that's not true. Did you not have super houses? Catch on fire lit by a demon. Like, I think you're good on hellfire. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. I think like that's, a, what I, that's what I was the most concerned about with Satan himself. I think like a toaster oven with a fraying cord might still be like an did, issue. My question is, did that actually happen? <laughs> That a priest came? Yeah. To, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past is it him. Possible? There's a lot of stuff getting blessed. And hey, you baptize a baby, why not baptize a house? Interesting. Okay. And is that a thing a lot of Catholics do? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, were they telling me that? But, but that's my question. Is it what's the, is it just like a little, yeah. like a little fun, like not fun, but like a little white lie to make the mm-hmm. child feel better and not feel like they're going to die? I'm just or... imagining one of your parents with a scratch pad going like, okay, Bell Atlantic set up the phone. Uh, Time Warner was here, got the cable hooked up. 
Uh, let's see what uh, what, what day was Father O'Malley coming? <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a covered dish. Well, first off, uh, he's doing this pro bono. Uh, I, mean, I guess he is a priest, but we do need to have a covered dish ready for him. We haven't settled on how many Hail Marys it would take to properly bless the bless the house. Wow! But one thing of chicken ala king. So <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, this is a question that I would ask them. Did you actually have a priest bless the house? But that will lead to a line of questioning where the question goes to why don't you go to church anymore oh, <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't uh, uh, i can't exactly go down that line so i will just have to uh, imagine it yeah i mean there'll be a nice way if you like trick them into answering it without getting into your beliefs that would be somehow like i don't know yes well maybe i could send a letter as the government yeah that's it just it, like can you check like have you yeah did have you like you know replaced the roof recently is there an asbestos issued have you gotten the house blessed by a priest since 1994 because a, the, the laws the Vatican laws years, changed it has to be blessed again it, to has, re- it has to be renewed yeah yeah, yeah. uh um that is interesting <laughs> I'm very interested in that. <laughs> I want to know the answer. I really, I really do too. I'm and very curious. And what else curious. did that priest do? Was he? Was it? Did he like flood protection? <laughs> also, like gutter protection? Yeah, yeah. Did he? Did he bless the house to protect it yeah. against rust? Um, <laughs> no what, le- what was the extent? No of- leaves will back up this gutter for over thirty years. <laughs> May you remain sludge free. <laughs> they did warn. Not like make weird noises. You may. <laughs> still have a child who goes into the entertainment field so i can't do anything about that lord knows we've tried i like the broke he is <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. father o'malley oh, yeah you're right it's oh, father yes, o'malley yeah. you're right. with the name oh, from earlier course. very good oh my god wow. well thank god a priest did not bless stage 30 or <laughs> backdraft could not have uh, run its show sure yeah. yeah i mean i i saw this probably in 2006 when i first went to universal hollywood uh i was impressed i mean it is it was impressive the effects i i would say very similar setup to the twister mm-hmm. ride it out that we talked about with matt rogers many mm-hmm. episodes ago i might have called um, it rooms of peril that's that's uh, that's my, my yes, genre yes. i'm putting rooms on of it. peril increasingly scarier things until the third room which is the most perilous of all mm-hmm. yeah uh they both have that floor drop yeah. That floor drop always scared the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really scary. It would yeah. scare me today. I think if I did, yeah. it. Uh, and if I'd gotten the chance to do it in Osaka, where it remains, yeah, strangely, I'm hoping it's still there a year from now. It yeah. is, of course. Even though I don't, I'm not like the biggest fan of this, but I'd like to do it. They, <laughs> it seems like they capsule. went bigger yeah. in Japan as they tend to with theme park attraction. You enter through a firehouse facade. Yeah, yeah, and right. The first, the first sound stage is bigger. The second sound stage is like an alleyway with like a lighting show and mm-hmm. a fire truck uh, thing. Much um, better sets. Yeah. The footage of the casting crew is uh, yeah. all in Japanese. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, which is fun. That's amazing to me that it's just it's footage of Scott Glenn from 1991 yeah. <laughs> dubbed over in Japan in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes, really strange. Scott Glenn in his massive blazer. His yeah, 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 giant jacket. I, I said he was was he putting himself on tape to be a night at the Roxbury. <laughs> <laughs> is he gunning to re- replace Catan in mm. his own idea? Scott Glenn is in a giant blazer, and then Kurt Russell shows up in a fireman's jacket, which are large, and it fits slimmer than it's got Glenn's blazer. <laughs> a fitted firefighter fit jacket. Yeah. It was just that broad. Yeah, and he... Yeah, there's this weird movie where Scott Glenn talks at you, and then Kurt Russell shows up, and Scott like watches him pull up, but they're never in the same shot. Never. Yeah. And then it feels to me like Kurt walks 
exactly to and past where uh, Scott Glenn was previously standing. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, they really didn't figure out the geography of it before they. I don't. Who knows what it was shot first, but mm-hmm. they. Yeah, it's a piece together. It's like Helen Hunt and and Paxton. In the pre-show, yes. yeah, but not yeah. A, I mean that one's like side by side, trying to fool you into thinking they were there. Wow! So that's a that's an important component of Rooms of Peril is the second one has to have mm-hmm. disconnected actors, yeah. <laughs> speaking as mellow as possible. Scott Glenn seems so depressed in that mm-hmm. video. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of a, a a pre-show video where somebody seems like like made me that sad. Because people, we've we've talked many a time about uh, like bored, disinterested, bad public speaker, mm-hmm. whatever. But this one, he like seems sad to me. He seemed <laughs> depressed, and it was also maybe because he was describing like getting hurt on the set of yeah. backdraft to like yeah. prove to you that it was real. He got fucked up on the backdraft. He got shot yeah. with that ashematic. Yeah, they were shooting ash, ash at everyone. He had what he was the one who got lit on fire. Yes, and it burned through to the last layer of Nomax long underwear <laughs> it got too hot i had to call cut i had that's to call like cut. horrifying Jeez. that, that story yeah, is yeah. being repeated in a theme park like it should not have gotten, gotten that close yeah whatsoever. i mean this is very much before cgi so like a lot of practical effects i think that it's was the practical all effects, practical effects basically. some models some yeah very, you're right, you're right. little models but um that's still practical but, I yeah, guess. yeah yeah still right. the possibility yeah. of somebody getting hurt if uh-huh. if then if the story kept going and Scott Glenn said and I I did lose a leg that day <laughs> and then he like lifts his pays big uh, he lifts his big thick pant leg <laughs> and shows the metal leg underneath <laughs> enjoy oh, yeah. your day at Universal Studios Hollywood <laughs> you guys have fun but know that people are really suffering out there yeah. including yeah. me Scott Glenn oh Kurt good to see you <laughs> <laughs> how's your how are your legs how are fine you? I see. Uh, you didn't have to burn alive like I did, <laughs> Scott Glenn. <laughs> For some of us, we didn't want it to end. I wanted my pain to end immediately. <laughs> Who says they didn't want it to end? Kurt well, Russell? Scott Glenn says it as like a dig at Kurt Russell getting out of a fire. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. that's right. Yeah. Some of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like he lost his mind in the part. He was implying that Kurt Russell was like Jim Carrey in number 23. <sighs> like he, he stayed oh, in, yes. the, in the role forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, uh, in the plot of the movie, uh, Scott Glenn's character is the uh, both... I'll I'll say a term that I've heard a lot recently, both the arsonist and the firefighter. Oh, uh, is that right? That is like the twist. Like he's one of the main oh. firefighter guys. There's some crazy oh, know thing that. about like Chicago mayoral politics and uh, an arsonist. They keep consulting an arsonist, uh, Donald Sutherland's character, and they realize like, oh, these burns are so controlled. Only another fireman could... Do this. Oh, really? So, um, like, Scott Glenn could have set the Universal Fire for real and then put it out. It's, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, and that would have thrown off the scent. Interesting. So, he's the bad guy in the movie, and they're he, having him do the intro. That's the twist. Uh, spoiler alert for this uh, so super it's like, old movie. <laughs> so, the bad guy is introducing Backdraft? That's interesting. Well, he's the good guy for most of the movie, and then it's revealed, like, I had to set these fires because this guy who's running for mayor was going to cut the fire department budgets, which what politician has ran on, like, we got to slash these fire department budgets. I mean, it seems like something Trump would want to do. Yes. But I don't know. um, 
But uh, Chicago yeah, so that's mayors, the whole thing. Chicago people just don't run on it. They just do it, probably. They just, yeah, they do it secretly. Yeah, it comes Emmanuel, out five years later. Ronald later. Emanuel just stole it in the middle of the night just or stole something. stole it. Big bag of money like from a firehouse. Jobs immediately. Mm-hmm. That's um, what he did. <laughs> yeah, so like he is he is the the twist. He is like the baddie. He's like, I did that one of those, like, I did this for us. You know? Right, right. Oh, interesting. Firefighters died. So then it, so at the end when in the scene that they show in the ra in in spin mm. room two, uh there's the the exchange he's when he in the scene where he really burn up, he says, Let me go, bull. Yes. You go. We go. That's him saying, "I deserve to die," and he does. Mm. Oh, and then, oh, and then it's and oh, that's right. They drops. spoil it all in the attraction. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell gets they. He's like barely alive. They get he dies in the ambulance. Oh, okay. Uh, but he tells, I think Billy Baldwin. He says, "Like, don't, don't tell them it was him. Like, it'll just make it worse for the fire department." It's a two face scenario. Oh, yeah. Yes, he has oh, Harvey yeah. Dent. Wow. Or a Jebediah okay. Springfield. <laughs> or Jebediah Springfield, yeah. Donald Sutherland in that episode, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your children's children <laughs> <laughs> for huh. two months. So he's... Uh, I was thinking, like, who else could they have gotten to do the opening? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, who could they have... I mean, could, De Niro Billy, would have been the get. I mean, he would have done he that. He would have been just as depressed and sad in the video. As, Donald Sutherland might have played ball. Uh, or Billy Baldwin. Where yeah. Billy Baldwin? Yeah, that is surprising. Yeah, that seems like a, like a, especially back then, a folksy or not maybe not folksy, but uh, more ex- energetic, He's slicker, uh, uh, slicker. Yeah. Hey, this is the, they're gonna get to see this fun piece of movie mm-hmm. magic. Yeah, instead of like we almost died and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. They hit me with a machine and then I got to destroy the machine. Yeah, the crew let me blow it up. You know, crew. movies. You know, on when you work on a movie or TV show and they let you destroy a massive, expensive piece of property <laughs> at the end because yeah, you hated it. Yeah, that's that's a very common thing. Oof. How did they destroy the Ashematic with another Ashematic with more flames? Yeah, with, I guess yes. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a well. It's kind of. It. I guess it's Scott Glenn getting to have his office space moment. Right. Yeah. 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 That's kind of nice. I was yeah, that on the DVD that. extra. Maybe. Could we see? Does anyone have the DVD so. for backdraft? Oh, Scott Blow, edited yeah. to that song. Whatever the the. Oh rap yeah, he could have taken yeah. a bat or an iron rod or something and beat it up. You know. <laughs> We're driven Man, a I car into that. it. Yeah, I want to see this. Scott Glenn beating up a piece of machinery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why didn't they save that for instead of him actually coming close to death? Or even just put it in the entry, like I got, and they let me destroy it. And then there's like just a quick shot of him railing with a baseball bat on this metal. <laughs> you think you're better than me, Ashamanic? <laughs> you try to kill me while I kill you. You're going to hell now. I'm Scott fucking Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Scott <laughs> fucking Glenn. All right. Well, somebody find that find that piece of footage because I can't find it right now. Maybe it's uh, maybe it was unerrable in a theme park environment because he like he, because he peed on it. Yeah. He, he had took no his pants on the whole time <laughs> yeah. with the baseball bat. Big plop shit onto the Ashmatic. <laughs> the blurring would have to be it was too expensive. There's a locations guy who's like, I can't go home until he's done. He better fucking finish beating up that machine. It's three in the morning. <laughs> Pooping on it won't make it not work. Yeah. Uh, I do have to say, one of the things about this ride, you know, they show the footage of the like different fire effects from the movie. And they're very impressive that they're doing this live. They're also very varied 
in a theme park ride, you need to run like every 10 minutes. You kind of can't have flames that look like this and flames that look like you need a reliable controlled burn, which is why, why most of the flames in the attract are like natural gas. Uh-huh, it's like uh-huh. natural gas that is apparently mostly silent. Like a lot of the fire burn you hear in that last scene of the ride is sound effects. Because right, right, right. natural gas burns quietly, you really only hear the fire uh, going on or off with no. natural gas. In that one video I was watching before, they were saying on occasion the sound effects wouldn't be working and it would be very strange. Weird. Because that's oh, so much silent. of it in your head, like, of like, oh, well, that obviously is coming from that sound. I mean, that's in theme parks everywhere. Where I like I have to remind myself, oh yeah, that sound of cars racing in yeah. Radiator Springs is not the cars. It's a weird invisible thing because you, you really you never gets about. tricked. Yeah, sometimes the yeah. uh, recording has reactions, like a multiple alien encounter uh, wa- yeah. walkthroughs I've watched. I realized after a few years, like oh. Uh, that scream is on the soundtrack. That scream comes at the same time every time. That's not an audience member. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, right, right. Yeah. To try to make people freaked out by hearing other people scream. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, well, the end, the uh, Muppet Vision 3D. He's up there. Oh, yeah. He's up there. <laughs> he's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's yeah. A good trick I, to get everybody. I wonder if there's like a really good one that I don't know that I've always for years assumed is a something that has like a machine is making the noise but it's really just a piece of soundtrack essentially i'm sure mm-hmm. there is i just wonder well this the busts in the high mansion aren't really alive okay that well, I, that's on tape <laughs> uh, those aren't real ghosts but thorough i know thorough's there you're saying thorough isn't he is not that actor is a uh, long past and okay. he's not sitting there live performing the song uh, okay every day disappointing yeah sorry to make, first to tell you that he's no, not with us i don't care second, for that either he doesn't sit in that room uh, all day i prefer he was he lived to be as old as prince thought he would live to be as old as <laughs> just thorough and prince living into infinity um <laughs> i hope they've met in heaven they for sure have met mm-hmm. um, what dreams may come <laughs> in a meadow somewhere everything's tying back uh, uh, and it's been the, the rain is purple yeah and whatever her thorough liked is uh represented to yeah his infinite uh frosted flakes <laughs> he was tony the tiger he voiced tony the yeah. tiger yeah. that's what that uh uh this i saw this ride i think probably 2007 or 8 the first time because it wasn't in florida uh and but fire did always just yeah fire real life yeah. fire scared me whether it was at the the hollywood disney's mgm studios uh what, 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 catastrophe, catastrophe canyon, canyon thank yeah, you yeah. uh yeah that, that, would always, that would always freak yeah. me out and yeah and the heat that would always feel new i feel like that's sure. gonna, like touching my face did it burn me jaws in like, florida was the scare it was the yeah craziest yeah, yeah yeah so like anytime so so i do remember going on backdraft in 2007 or 8 or walking through i should say and still feeling like a uh, you know uh, yeah it's intense <laughs> It's not a thing I don't think people wanted to do a ton. That's maybe the problem. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's extremely it impressive. But yeah, I wouldn't like, uh, hey, I worked there. I could have gone on it every day if I yeah. wanted to. And I think I only did one time. It's also the <laughs> furthest away attraction from the gate of the park. It takes forever it's, to get there. It's not fun 
Backdraft is not a fun experience. <laughs> That's a thing to key into. Yes, it's extremely impressive. And everybody yeah. who put it together should be uh, very proud. But it's not... Yeah, it's like basically unpleasant. It's unpleasant. I think it's more unpleasant than the Twister because Twister, at least in the... You're, because both of them are you're just watching a scene play out. But like Twister is like a little more character. Maybe there's a town. This is just a cold, impersonal warehouse, industrial warehouse, where, chemical warehouse. There's yeah. like no, I don't know. There's no fun. There's no little gag in it. There's no fun. There's Mrs. O'Leary's cow is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> that would be something maybe of like, oh, there's a little whimsy here. No, it's just fires and barrels and doors blow like and just loud. Like it's uh, it's impressive, but it is not only a fire in the center office that burns up everything in the room until it ran out of oxygen. <laughs> oh, it may look quiet now, but that is deception. It's deception for hiding inside our unburned natural gases, waiting for a breath of fresh air. And that's when they simulate the backdraft and the doors fling right. open. Still kind of scares me. This yeah. dialogue that is a scary dialogue. It is. It would be unnerving. It would be cool if it was like a dark ride that was on fire. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. be scary, but at least like you'd be kind of doing something. I think the the mix of it being a passive kind of a passive experience. There's nothing fun to hang on to. It's a little scary. So, like, would dummies have been good, or dumb, did <laughs> dummies make dummies? it darker? Because that makes you're it watching human shapes get lit on fire. There's not a not a lot of ways to make fire fun. I was thinking, uh, as far as fire goes, uh, my fa- maybe my favorite fire based attraction was at Santa's Village in back where uh, in my hometown, uh, a couple towns over. Uh, and the idea was that you were on this little train, and at the end, you were all in like little firefighting trains or whatever you'd call it i don't know i guess cars but there was like a long train and you had little water guns in front of you and the idea was that santa's house was on fire and you had to put santa's house out wow so the (laughs) whole amazing yeah and it was a very it was not big it was not a giant house it was a smallish house help me kids i left the electric blanket on (laughs) please we would go around here and the whole thing was like all right we're getting a santa we're getting a santa's house everybody get on the water gun to put it out (laughs) so like i you'd be i'd have like a water gun like you'd have at a carnival or whatever to that sends the when you like uh, i don't know you know those ones where they go up the you know, there's like eight people. They all have water guns. You're trying to yeah. shoot at the target and whoever gets up to the top first. It's okay. like a race. Uh, it was like similar to that. And then we would all shoot our water guns at this tiny Santa's house to put out a fire. It was obviously a little controlled flame inside. Wow. Uh, but I loved it. Yes. Yeah. I loved putting out Santa's house. If there was ever motivation, if, like, yeah. if you're worried about kids not understanding stakes, yeah. you don't get presents this year unless you fix this. Yeah, and we did every time. It would always, we'd always, I, I didn't ever, I never questioned why it was always on fire. Santa always falling asleep with a cigarette in his mouth. You gotta make Mrs. Claus. I never learned. I think because I'm eternal that I can do this, but. And he was also nowhere to be found either. I guess like maybe he yeah, was out. he had an alibi. They explained, yeah, they explained Santa was out. So like, but his house is on fire and we had to fix it. Uh, yeah, because you'd, you'd expect like elves and reindeer, Miss Claus on the front lawn, and like, oh my God, we're oh our house, Jesus I Christ! I had some workers working on the roof, but they said they watched the tiles for forty minutes afterwards. <laughs> I tried yeah. to rescue the photo albums. <laughs> this 
Look at this. It's the first elf I ever bought. <laughs> my my that elf island. My master recordings. <laughs> They're burning up. All my albums. Jingle bells. My blues records. <laughs> uh. <laughs> why did, yeah, why did it say I have the Muddy Waters masters? <laughs> I was a collector. <laughs> New plan from Universal Music Group. Give them all to Santa. Yeah. He seems to be good with inventory. There's so many presents uh, and stuff getting made and going well, sure. around. And it's also, yeah. But We're it's cold. too cold up there. They're going to crash. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's cold, but too cold. But Santa is associated with religion. So is he? does he have a blessed house of some kind? Is it, It's his magic of some mm-hmm. kind. So did perhaps... he bless it or did he? did Santa's priest come to bless it? Santa's priest. I probably did it. Whatever parish that Santa mm-hmm. goes to in the North Pole. <laughs> it's a snowman, a priest, probably. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a snowman. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it in Frosty the Snowman? Doesn't he? They pretend that he's, he's Parson, Parson Brown. Brown right? In yeah. this case, he really, it is a snowman mm-hmm. who is really a person. Yep. Parson <laughs> Brown is real. Frosty was impersonating him, but also it made it also made a lot of sense because how else would you impersonate a human man if you were a snowman? So he had to have been a snowman. Yeah, because then it's easy to impersonate if two snowmen you could look at like look look like each other. But another like being wouldn't because it's not the right shape. Yeah, you could be confusing. Although very few humans are bigger in their bottom third. Yeah, it's a, that's it's true. a very sick human being. A very like well, you have a lot of health problems if your legs yes. are tr- almost twice the size <laughs> yes. of your head. That's true. I'm saying yes. I'm saying Parson Brown was a snowman already. Yes, sure. That's yes. all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm um, just I'm just going through how why a snowman couldn't like, yeah, you're, no, you're right. trick a person. I hundred percent agree. Being, it would be impossible person. to trick. Yeah. So. <laughs> Please, Parson Brown, bless this house. <laughs> it's made of gingerbread. It would burn almost instantly. <laughs> well, I saved the house regardless of the magic. You're a good Santa's boy who village. did a good job. Thank you. We all, we both have Mike to thank. We might not have gotten presents almost everyone, any Christmas growing up. Everyone, not for please your efforts. use the hashtag thank you, Mike, <laughs> Thanks, for Mike. My, our Christmases. You, uh, I think... Uh, Santa's Village has had a weird... There's many different Santa's Villages. It has a weird history, and I'm wondering if it's... They reopened it a few times. I wonder if that is still there. That's worth looking into. Yeah. Um, that might be... An, uh, we might have to each pick a different Santa's Village mm-hmm. in the country. I mean, I had the one in um, uh, San Bernardino that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, uh, it was recently reopened in some regard. I haven't been there. but I, I believe it's an extreme sports park. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but also, Santa's house is still there. He's still around sometimes. I hope so. But you so. can go zip lining. <laughs> so somebody, so Parson Brown, the snowman, now needs to go bless it to make sure a snowboarder doesn't mm-hmm. rent yeah. Doesn't go crashing through the walls. Um, I'm looking. There was uh, Santa's Village, uh, the one I was talking about, uh, rebranded as an azuzement park for a little while, which I'm not sure if they are still an azuzement park. Ooh, to that word. Yeah. That's torturous. Yeah. Oh, 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 here we go. Tragedy at the azuzement park today. <laughs> become a firefighter for a day and join the Santa's Village Fire Department. Once you hear the sirens and see the lights, hop onto the Santa's Village Fire Department engine number three and use your hose with real working water to put out the fire. Still there? So it's still there. I, oh, I, you I, gotta go. Yeah. Are, is it? Wait, I'm sorry. Are you on a vehicle or are you an adult? Would you fit on whatever? Um, It's uh, uh, here it is. Hold on. Let me. There it is. Okay. 
uh, it's a little wagon. It's a little more of a hose than what, like it's sort of the hose end of what I was describing uh, as the carnival game. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I like, see. The kids oh, so you can in, be part of it. Yeah, you'd have to push a kid out of the way. Uh, yeah, uh, the adults seem like they're maybe taking the back seat without the hoses, but you know. Maybe one for old time's sake. <laughs> you got to see if you still got it in you. Yeah. It's been years since you've been in the game, much like the <laughs> firefighters in Backdraft 2. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Suit uh, up again. We're going back. Billy oh, Baldwin seems like in Backdraft 2 in the trailer, he's like sitting down a lot more, delivering lines from the fire truck front seat mm. a lot more. <laughs> so he he's not, as opposed to Backdraft 1, going to run across an actual burning roof while it splits down the middle behind him. His <laughs> no. speed in Backdraft 2 is a little more sit in a chair. Yeah. I see. What here? I got an idea for a scene. What about petting a Dalmatian <laughs> for seventeen minutes straight? Yeah, he's definitely more of a chief character now in mm. this one or something. Very That's good less fun though. But I get it. He shot out in three days. But, but yes, but again, again, we don't. Maybe we would watch Backdraft two and and decide that it is more fun. Yeah, um, it's up to us to do now. Whether some. Technical innovation in the uh, backdraft attraction. This yes. was the first appearance of brain fire. Did you guys come across brain fire? I saw that word, but what is it? So, uh, developed by Technifex, which is in California, right by Magic Mountain, uh, their headquarters. Um, it's where you pump natural gas onto a stone, stone or metal ceiling and light it on fire. So, it looks like a whole ceiling's on fire. Oh. oh. Um, so, I think in the attraction, you could see that right by the doors. Um, uh, uh, that fly open at the beginning of the attraction. There's kind of a s- small ceiling there you can kind of see on fire because the fires don't get that close to you. So, like, the ceiling mm-hmm. above you is not on fire. No. Mm-hmm. But, you start um, to feel like it is with the rafters falling, but I see. So, maybe the more intense effects are further back. There's some trickery yes. in that regard. Yeah. Technifex, uh, also responsible for uh, some stuff in the Borg Invasion 4D and yeah. Star Trek The Experience really? we talked about really? lately. Uh, the Some mechanical effects in the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. Uh, some cool effects at the Six Flags Power Plant, the short-lived mm-hmm. attraction in Baltimore. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, oh, we got to get to that one day. And then two big ones, the water tunnel in Poseidon's Fury at Islands of Adventure. Oh, uh, that the shoots water, water that goes 360, around, 360 yeah. around you. Whoa. And then, uh, Mike, you'll like this. They made the tiny hologram Dick Van Dyke that shows up in sh- uh, the Walt Disney Family Museum and explains how uh, Disney's first optical printer works. <laughs> uh, tiny Dick Van Dyke appears wow. at different parts of the machine and it says, and this does this, and this does this. It's a little Dick Van Dyke trapped in a in a printer? Yeah. Is it like uh, Madame Leota at the end of the Haunted mansion he like, does kind of look about that size wow. yeah that's fun and he's and at the end he's ultimately seeking a mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> marry me <laughs> live join me in this printer forever <laughs> um, so yeah a very Jeez, uh, theme good company park, wow. tied in company yeah wow, wow. So, yeah, really very good work um and um, it's done lots of other fire effects stuff hmm. out there for casinos too they do a lot of fire stuff uh casinos you mean like uh, like decorative your, your mirage fire. type uh, yeah. situation? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess there's some uh, there's some fire casinos and stuff. Um, yeah, what else have we missed? I uh, it it was a, the soundstage where it was at was the the soundstage where they shot Munst, the Munsters, hey. which I like. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was Backdraft. Mm-hmm. 
So it was a real sound stage. They actually yeah. did convert it, and now it's gone. Now it's blown up, and uh, and Transformers is there, and that's sort of probably the line is uh, where the line was is around where you now enter for hopefully soon for uh, Super Mario mm-hmm. World or whatever they are calling it ultimately. Super Nintendo Land. I believe. Super Nintendo Land. Okay, okay. I believe gotcha. that's the word. At the moment, it's where the line stretches to for the tiki drinks at Ila Nubar. Soft open now. Oh, Ila yes. Nubar. Yeah, yeah. The Nubar. ride's not ready, but the bar is open. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Yes. yeah they open that it might be all that I'm doing. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on what the word of uh, fear is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. fear factor is on the ride. Uh, oof. Something's, yep. going ro- something's going on over there. They've got the people uh, from Iron Mountain on top of the ride. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's from the preservation side or the shredding, industrial I shredding think, side, I'm not sure. This will be a quick side note. I do think that opening it this week, which was the rumored day around when they were opening the ride, for weeks I think I've seen like, well, June 15th, this is when the ride's going to open. Mm-hmm. And everything opening without the ride to me is like, delay. that's a delay. <laughs> it, it You would think... It, a, a theme park that is opening a water ride you want it open before july 4th right you're gonna sure. get those july 4th crowds it's probably gonna be hot uh-huh i'm just saying uh, to me it's yeah. like there's no way they planned for just the bar to be open yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. they were probably and, like well open it all around here and then there's something going on which there's plenty of rumors you can look we're an hour and 17 into the pack draft you can look mm-hmm. these up on your own yeah uh, on all those message boards we talk about hmm I, uh, yeah, but there's no way this deep into Galaxy's Edge being open did they, like, not have their, um, their competition ready. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah at a certain point, they were, yeah. Well, they got Hagrid's open. Kind of. Kind of it's, Hagrid's off. Oh, yeah. Kind of open. Oof. There's yeah. a little, yeah. It's only in the afternoon, though. <laughs> yeah. Stay. <laughs> That's what's happening. It opens in the late. It opens it's late. It's opening at noon for a little while, for a few weeks. Oh. Stay at our on-site hotels. Get an hour early admittance. But Hagrid's, is, you gotta come back and do it. Come back <laughs> to hang out at the Today Show Cafe for a while. Hang maybe. out at the Today mm-hmm. Show Cafe. Take the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, so there's, yeah. So there's a lot of others. Yeah. Wow. They're yeah. Doing their, everyone's doing their best. We're <laughs> laughing at their We're pain. Like, yeah. They try. They want to do a nice thing for everyone. <laughs> We're like, ha, 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 it's not open in the morning. <laughs> we think that's funny. It's one well, again, dicks. I always, I like to criticize the big picture, the rush that creates like things to be shortchanged or cheapened out on or things to be open when they aren't ready. Right. And that's what you got to be mad at is those up top decisions, not the people working uh, yeah. very hard on everything. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and job. everyone loves this Hagrid's ride. Everyone is raving about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm excited to figure I out what it's I have a different about. definition for theme park, a tireless cast and crew working under demand and conditions to realistically portray imaginative scenarios uh you there have just quoted that's the only thing i have left that we haven't talked about is the ron howard video uh you know what i was thinking about this so you the the premise is okay so in room one of the rooms of peril you are where you watch kind of a sizzle reel of scenes from backdraft mm-hmm. and they tell you that ron howard is working on his latest <laughs> project and his latest project i guess is still backdraft which forever came out a year and a half ago yeah. yes forever backdraft it made me think we just talked about mickey's philharmagic where mm-hmm. i think we determined that uh, uh all the disney characters are in an inf- infinite loop living their most mem- memorable moment and that's what's happening with ron howard ron howard is always in the edit bay alone <laughs> 
personally mm-hmm. physically slicing the film of uh, <laughs> of backdraft of backdraft tinkering never quite getting it right like lucas and the and uh, the original star wars um mm-hmm. yeah he's going maybe he's in the process of adding tauntauns and stuff mm-hmm. into uh, <laughs> and they never updated this either like how there's three different versions of spielberg on the et intro yeah. video it's always just him doing it too so there was never mm-hmm. one where he was like you get into that room and you help out or anything yeah like it was yeah so he was just stuck there up until 10 years ago editing Mm -hmm. and then they put him out of his misery also those sound that first room that second room are almost identical yeah yeah just and they're just it's just beige barely beige barely dressed sound stages i mean again japan has this cool alleyway and there's a light show and a fire truck and they painted the barrels Mm. In their version of the final room where everything's lit on fire, it's multicolored barrels. Oh, As okay. opposed to here in Los Angeles where it was all beige. Yeah. Backdraft, potentially the beigest attraction. <laughs> Very beige, but it had some cool trash cans that had flames on them outside the entrance. They themed them to garbage cans. They cool trash cans cool outside. Trash cans. Oh, can you, do you have a picture on hand? I, I didn't see them. I had a picture. I got to see these cool trash cans. I got to take a look at these. Galaxy's Edge has cool trash cans, but can they, do, can they yeah. dethrone? And that's an eventual Final Four best trash cans. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Push wins the I'm, one that talked. Yeah, of course. Yeah, push all right. Wins. Well, we determined it already. Congratulations, Push. Um, one of my favorite things is, and I think it is mostly universal, but um, and I'm forgetting everything today. This Twister and on the tram tour uh, in the subway, there's a funny thing that like a big inanimate object like in this one it's the um it's like the what do you call it the support thing falling and swinging what do you call that like oh a walkway? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like There's, a catwalk thank you geez uh, a catwalk uh falling and swinging uh and then it's in the subway it's like the ceiling falling and then like moving there's a funny robot motion that these things make that I really enjoy like because it doesn't look quite natural Mm -hmm. because it's obviously it has to be reset every time it's uh, every time the show starts again um but I don't for whatever it is it really makes me laugh when something like big that's supposed to be oh my god it's wildly out of control and it like slowly (laughs) moves to its final move so like the catwalk oh no here it comes oh it's coming at two miles an hour and then it comes to a nice stop and it's the same thing in in the subway and it's the same thing in twist it's kind of cute it's kind of relaxing yes i think that is actually perfectly described it's cute Mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be it's supposed to scare the shit out of you yeah and it doesn't quite do it because they can't really throw a catwalk at you yeah so if a if a like street that you're under collapsed the gasoline truck up above would not just kind of slowly (laughs) like uh you know like a kid on a sled just kind of like slope down that mm-hmm. hill oh yeah here it comes oh it stopped everything's fine <laughs> Ooh, like kind of give me a start for a second yeah the water when the water like floods in that still kind of almost seems like the scariest part of it to me on the earthquake. subway specifically yeah, yeah earthquake yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or um, subway as you're going i keep calling it subway I, my <laughs> brain like is fried sub- subway exclamation point i barely made any sense for the last three minutes <laughs> that also it's a weird coincidence a cat a wooden catwalk collapses in a weird way like three times in the other side of the wind i have not i think what i think yeah it's very weird that this just happened to come up but like 
is like an opening shot of the movie and then a closing shot of the movie is a catwalk that collapsed awkwardly. Now, in that case, it's probably we have one shot to do this. We have no money. We have to use whatever it is. But it falls in a really odd way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the magic of the movies, folks. Yeah, that is what that is. Collapsing <laughs> catwalks. Everyone's favorite huh. part about a film. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, what's... Or do you have something else? I, I don't know. Say, not like, really. I'm plus, sort of like, tapped out. Plus up, obviously, like if you get to put the fire out, like Santa's house, that would be great. Oh, that's it. Yes. If, wait a minute. It? Like, we just like we all had like maybe little like Ghostbuster packs full of water. That's great. <laughs> and they give you little plastic hats. You yeah. stop the fire. Right. And you walk in there and it's already kind of on fire and it gets worse. But like you keep trying, keep trying. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Scott Glenn is encouraging you along. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You're trying all, to do it. You're please. almost there. Don't uh, let don't. what happened to me happen to you. <laughs> Keep your legs unburnt, kids. I found the trash can. Oh, oh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. It looks like Guy Fieri's shirt. Yeah, it really that does. That kind of flame. It's like, it really looks like a Guy It Fieri's is a little shirt. body, but I like it. I oh, enjoy man. it. I'm not going to see a flame that cool unless I go to the Bob's Big Boy Burbank and look on the hoods of some cars. Or go to Tim Allen's garage in Burbank or Jay Leno's garage in Burbank. I was just learning about Tim Allen's garage via some like CBS. I watched the same Tim Allen piece, I think, that you did. Yeah, where we've discovered that he has tool time recreated in the garage. He has the full tool time set somewhere mere minutes from here it has to be potentially adjacent to, to leno's yeah probably next door the billionaire car district we <laughs> live very near it and i don't know where it's got to be does, near the the burbank airport yeah does seinfeld have a car garage out here too i feel like he might i think most of them are in something. new york like how james bond can get a car in any city right in the i world. think he yeah. d- i think he does mm. And, he's, and he also keeps bees in there. There's a bee. Yeah, yeah he recreated uh, a scene from this Bee Movie in there like Tim Allen. An interesting fact time. about you guys, you both saw the same segment because you like to watch the Sunday morning news shows. Of course. And yeah, then we yeah. have to, if we record right. on Sundays, we have to be wrapped up before 60 minutes because you both go to your separate homes and watch that. Mm-hmm. Sunday well, is CBS day. CBS, yes. But yeah. also we're big Tim Allen guys. So well, we'll watch sure. whatever he Any piece about Tim we got to see. Yeah, yeah. I specifically yeah. hate the Toy Story films but I see them because it's, right. it's, it's Tim. It's I got to support Tim. Tim. More of this toy shit. Mm-hmm. Hold yes. your sides, fellas, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got one thing right. He is a funny man. Yeah. Um, have we missed anything? Uh, Scott I, Glenn and... Uh, okay, I wish. Here's a thing. Like, this is a pretty minor plus up. And I they don't really make these kinds of rides anymore. Um, but, like, the same thing with, like, this... Uh, less twister this and like earthquake in Florida and then disaster you have to go you cannot just jump right to the attraction part of it you have to go through so many pre-show rooms yeah Yeah. and they are really holdovers of like here's how the movies get made Mm -hmm. and now it's more like you are in the movie you are in the action let's get right to it maybe one or two quick pre-show rooms but like well you say this but these uh, attractions are all no more that's what i mean yeah they don't really make these (laughs) yeah yeah i guess in japan but i don't know but they have cool sets so that offsets it Mm -hmm. which is interesting because this like jim hill was talking talking about uh like just talked about how they almost made a godzilla attraction when they were going to build disney mgm studios japan and then part of the verdict that second park morphed into disney sea because thank christ they they seemed more interested like the japanese audience was more interested in 
Rugs. living stories than <laughs> finding out how they are made but backdraft is just finding out how it's made so yeah i'm glad yeah universal japan i guess is a window into the never built uh yeah yeah what, right what the dull disney second gate would have been what about like the star trek we talked about on the patreon the star trek where you would uh, dress up like starfleet officers and then you would take a video home what about a, an attraction like that where you had firefighter suits on and then you got a video of yourself in the middle of the fire mm-hmm. that would be yeah. better that would be something and, and then it, it kind of they like edit it together to, with a flaming dummy and it makes it look like, like you, you died like oh, Scott sure. Glenn. uh-huh yeah. and there's like a memoriam <laughs> for you <laughs> and there's a 15 minute intro of scott glenn and kurt russell and ron howard talking about how much they respect the firefighter like Hmm. they i feel like not like two lines go by every between all of the where before they get another line out about like we respect the men and women that fight these fires and Mm -hmm. like they say it so much what they think they are playing into at least like it does seem to me like the probably how backdraft lives on now is that it is like the main firefighter movie still mm-hmm. possibly because once one was made nobody wanted to make one again <laughs> they said well i i kept coming across the phrase like this is the second or third most popular firefighter movie and i'm like what are the others firehouse dog oh no you know what it was <laughs> in terms of box office receipts the first one was technically I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke in a video. <laughs> a movie which joke. contains the slur that starts with F. And it's Jeez. a scene where they, there are scenes where they tell you where Sandler mumbles like, yeah, don't, that's not a good word. Don't use that word. But there were scenes earlier in the movie where they use that word and I got a laugh. I skin. I I was at the premiere at Universal. Whoa. And yeah, yeah. And I at the at the amphitheater and they Yes, that word was used in lines Jeez. that were joke lines and succeeded before towards the end of the movie he mumbles a bit. It's not good. Don't you don't like put it in a screenplay or something. So I was gonna suggest before you told me that, because I've never seen that movie, that mm-hmm. they could have changed this to a Chuck and Larry <laughs> ride. <laughs> but now that I hear that, I guess that would be a problem. Oh, so and then at the end you get like you go to a photo booth like you uh-huh. were at Chuck and Larry's wedding. They're Fantastic. false wedding to where they right. humiliate themselves pretending to be gay to get right. insurance money. Yes. This is a bad film. I'm so happy that Sandler is in like a good run because I think that was the those were the darkest days. Hmm. Um, that was a uh, hey, rough date. What two thousand eight? Right around the same time, mm-hmm. the Universal uh, the, all the all the world's yeah. music catches on fire, and Sandler makes his worst film. Hmm. But now he's back on top with Murder Mystery. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm like now. I've liked all the stuff so much. Like maybe I'll like it. Maybe I like Murder Mystery. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. People seem to like the stand ups. I haven't really seen. I saw clips of the stand up special. That was all right. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Before uh, recorded some of it at Dynasty Typewriter, right where we performed our uh, show. Yes, part of the lore. Yeah, it's where Sandler and uh, Mike and Jason and I go work stuff out. Mm-hmm. I can't. I won't tell you in what order. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we we might be messing around with him there, but uh. <laughs> I haven't seen the full special either, though. But does a certain gangster show up at? In the Adam Sandler special as well? <laughs> no? Okay. If he knows what's good for him, he puts it in there. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, what have we... Uh, I'm, I'm out of things to talk about. Yeah, I know. This one actually was a little bit tidy. Um, the only thing I have to say is I really like that Ron Howard intro, and it made me... That and uh, the early 
um, Spielberg intros and ET mm-hmm. just feet away from each other at Universal made me think that all directors have to wear caps. Um, I thought I really <laughs> thought as a kid. I thought three things as a kid: directors all wear caps. Scott Glenn and Billy Baldwin are the biggest movie stars in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know who they were <laughs> watching Backdraft, but I was like, I'm. But my mom probably knows, and she probably they're probably. Her once friend. I'm an adult, I'll learn. They're e. the best. E. Also starts with uh, Spielberg talking about how much he respects ET and Botanicus. Uh, I respect. The work of the interstellar times. plant fixers. Mm-hmm. Of the, uh, the, the, I respect the work of the healing touchers. Yeah. Um, of course, I respect fire uh, fighters and everything they do. I'm just being silly because they say it so many times. No, 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 absolutely. And the yeah. well, and the th- and the third thing that I of all of these that I believed as a child related to backdraft was that my house was was safe. I Thank really you that's to... what's looming large in my mind after we re- after we're finished here. Hey, it's never burnt down. Uh, yeah, it can't hasn't. Argue with those I can't stats. argue with that. But I, that's what I guess. Yeah, just find out somehow. I'll try to figure out a way. See, Bugs- I think the government letter is the I way. I think I Make know if we could um, see if we could get Bugsy Bones to that house, and if he cannot step foot. Uh, onto the property. <laughs> if uh, I'm from hell, the dead I can't skeleton even make gangster, it in. Yes, cannot. Like, but he, but he's Bugsy now, so he never in. could. We well, lost Bug- Bugsy. Bugsy so. is gone forever. Bugsy is gone forever. <laughs> we are we are with Hugsy, who I thought was really cool. He's a pretty he was, awesome, really I mean, nice that guy. White hat. Yeah, yeah. guys have white hats. He so. was yes. If he weren't, if you were just listening and you didn't see it, he was dressed in all white as opposed to all black. So he's good now, and uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see him again. I yeah. hope he shows up next episode, and he just might. But uh, anything's possible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you'll be hearing a lot of Hugsy every episode from now on. But until then, you survive podcasts a ride. Backdrafts edition. Um, hey, uh, more stuff over on patreon.com slash podcast the ride. We got the T public. We got the Twitter. We got the Instagram. Tons of ways to participate. And I bet on one of those things we can show that cool trash can yeah. with the yeah. Oh, yeah. All got right. Got that to look forward to. <laughs> if that was our, that we considered that bonus content. You pay right. $5 a month and you get to see this flame trash can. Flame trash can. We're hiding that photo <laughs> behind the paywall. That's where we're going to put all the good, extra Chucko stuff. <laughs> Hope everyone's <laughs> is enjoying waiting in the Chucko. I'd like to put everyone, him in an unblessed house. I want to thank everyone for all the Chucko content in the last few days on all the various platforms. Not and I just me. want to say, keep it coming. No. Keep it because coming. I'm thinking about him a lot. He's Chucko. He's Chucko. He's Chucko. It's the happiest clown in town. He's the happiest clown in town. And just in case you didn't know, his face was a menu at the Disneyland Hotel. And a mask. And also, the menu was, was a, a mask. mask. So, just I want you all to think about that as you're as you're going about your <laughs> as day. As you're enjoying your as daily bib juice. As you're, yeah. <laughs> think about it all night. And when you wake up and the whole rest of the day, my, my menu face... <laughs> Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hey, and if you ever hear a fire engine, get out of the way. They're not going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarchet. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>